Wake up in the morning after the weekend to get an update on the NRL. Me legal counsel. Wake up in the morning after the weekend to get an update on the NRL. My legal counsel. It's of the weekend scandals on Monday. A story from Jack about a urinal. My legal counsel. Welcome back to Legal Council, coming at you live from a, another beautiful Sydney Portier Sunday, 28th of March. We are mid, we're late way way through round three. It's starting to produce some phenomenal um, highs and lows of the great game, Rugby League. Um, looking forward to talking it all through with you, Jack. As always, coming to us live from Melbourne, Victoria, one test Thunder Reno. And two-time controversially act Hong Kong Rugby League board member. How's it going, mate? Yeah, not too bad. Um, enjoying my enjoying my footy like I always am. And look, I want to apologise to the uh, listeners last week. We got a lot of bad feedback about me watching uh, watching league during the recording, which is fair enough. My my uh, mind wasn't fully on it, um, but yeah, I think we've learned our lesson and just at all costs, try and record without um, a, a first-grade game on. Without distractions. I mean, that was a classic. If you did like a um, a 10-year-old did a science project around um, males that can't do two things at once, that would have been a good, um, a little good piece of evidence, really, wouldn't it? Because you couldn't, you literally weren't listening to a word I was fucking saying, were you? No, I wasn't, because it was just a, a very interesting game. Uh uh, with a scrappy sort of sharks that kept in it, and I mean, they—I mean, if they had a decent goal kicker, they would have won it, you know. Mm. Just starting on the sharks, right? Because we all know that our game is so heavily uh, up to its eyeballs in, I guess, Fox, Fox Sports, the news media publications, and there seems to be like a enormous axe to grind with John Morris. Like, I literally heard Paul Kent after round one, and they won, going straight to Josh Morris and saying how he's un- he's on the hot seat. Like, Josh Morris, uh, John Morris, I thought he did a bloody good job last year um, with the Sharks. He got them to the eight. They fell to pieces injuries-wise. And this year, again, he's missing some of his key players. Um, I think he's actually doing a really good job. Now, he's not a coach that just jumps out at you for... Oh, you know, he's one to watch, but he could be one of those guys that just sneaks up on you and stunt, you know, six years in a row for the Sharks. What, I don't get the the problem with yeah, I Morris. I agree with you, Rhee, Harry. I feel as though John Morris is exact, is getting out of the Sharks exactly what you would want out of a, a team that you don't have much sort of faith in. Do you know what I mean? And mm. I mean, if you're a Shark supporter, Mm. You will very much know the weaknesses in your team right now, mm. and the you know, and the massive injuries, like having not sure having Sean Johnson there, and you would turn that television off after a game, not 
totally fuming or gutted. You just go, look, our boys are putting it in. Um, we're turning up. And that's what you actually want out of a, a coach that isn't coaching a, a flat-out top-eight team, you know? Totally. And he's just a very measured, mild-mannered guy that, you know, he's got a bit of steel to him. I mean, the guy played 300 games. He's on. He's under the lid of every Tui's new or 4X bottle cap, um, you know, as almost an, an anonymous type guy that played 300 games. Now, there's probably, given the way that um, League is such a young game, there's going to be guys that overtake him. But, you know, he's made... He sapped every little bit of energy out of his career as a player, and I feel like he's doing as a coach. I just want people to lay off John Morris. I, I, I like the guy. He's in fucking good nick too, isn't he? Like he literally looks like he could go out and play right this, you know, right this minute. I'd say he does a fair bit of uh, F forty five work. I reckon. Um, well, that's exactly what you're saying, mate. He's for him to eke out three hundred games of NRL out of his talent. He would have, you know, he was a pure professional you know um for three or four clubs and he's just yeah something that you know other contact sports or maybe they do now and i haven't followed it enough but they do not produce in my mind professionals like our game can like guys that just have eight years old have said i'm going to be a professional rugby league player Mm -hmm. and have made it happen yeah, you, you get more blinding talent probably come through in um in, in other contact sports and, and, and not those grafters that kind of come through and, and just made it through hard training and a hard mindset. This round... Well, I always, thought, I always laughed at contact sports, right? And I always thought, and oh, you'll probably laugh at me and probably a few others, but I always thought, like, if you're a big boned, let's say... a, a a, a, a fat cunt, like in high school and stuff, hmm. there was no excuse for you not to go and play professionally in Ireland or something. Like, all yeah. you needed to do was just, uh, if you, let, uh, let's hope you don't have depression or you've been sexually abused as a kid or something. You should be able to go and, like, scrummage. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I we don't want to get into the intricacies of scrummaging because we will get ripped up, not only by contact support supporters, but I don't think any of our league supporters want to hear us talk about scrummaging. So let's talk about this week. It's got me fired up. This game of ours has just given us. He's They have given us a, a week 17 and week 3. It's almost like there's a little surprise at the bottom of the Santa sack. So the Christmas presents are out, but there's something else in there that you never knew. And you looked, you know, you, maybe you're trying to clean out the rubbish and you thought you're going to throw out everything and put the Santa sack away. And there's a little bit of a present back there that you didn't know and you opened in the morning. Because fuck me, from Thursday right through uh, as we approach the Sunday games, we've just had four, maybe even five, Absolute cracking rugby league games. On a start on Thursday, um, Panthers 12, Melbourne Storm 10. And look, it was a grinding game. It, it, it didn't reach huge heights. It was intense. But just wanted, just the way the game finished on both sides. You had Justin Olam who, um, did not draw the man, he had an unmarked Josh Adokar out in the corner. But even though he fucked that up, he still actually made a pretty amazing play to beat, sort of, or to drag two or three people over the line, which, when he got the ball, you didn't think he was going to do it. And 
he somehow didn't manage to put the ball down. But if you look at the play from Kikau, and I did not think he's capable of this play, he got pushed down in the lead up over on the right-hand side. He got actually pushed down, which the video ref went back and looked at. So he's on the ground. He got up on his pins, sprinted over to the other side of the field, slid down, and ended up holding up Olam. It's one of the most amazing plays from second row, let alone a guy of his size. Kikau seems to me, after a pretty forgettable grand final, where I think he got absolutely shown up, he he thinks, uh, sorry, I think maybe, is he going to another level this year, Viliami Kikau? Um, I wouldn't necessarily say he's going to another level. I thought he was at this level last year. Um, But you do bring up a good point about Kikau and that play. I mean... How often is that happening in the game, but you're not actually appreciating it because it's just like in the 62nd mm. minute and Olam gets helped and it's a Panthers play the ball. Uh, that's happening. I guess that's one real advantage of watching at the um, watching league at the game is just seeing those the efforts from um, from players uh, that may not be captured in the television coverage. And Adam Blair was a classic for doing that sort of stuff, and they weren't necessarily captured by the the TV cameras. Um, but your key care, I just, I don't, I'm not saying he's gone up a level since last, like last year was phenomenal um, as a second rower. Uh, but the question on whether, I mean, I, I think sometimes we might, we're big fans of PNG League, so we love Olin. Uh, hindsight's great isn't it but I mean but I, even that was the bad even that was a bad move he he, he still could have got it what even though it was a bad move from Oldham to go himself he still actually should have got there like he just fucked up the put down oh no it's he couldn't see I mean even if he passed we don't know what would happen if he passed Edo Car. Edo Car might have had somebody screaming across and push him out like what happened to Jordan Rapana? Like, it's just, it's all a game of inches. Um, I honestly believe, you know, Panthers probably deserved the win at the end. I mean, I was fucking annoyed about how the Storm let Kurt Capel score. It was quite I mean, soft, but maybe, maybe this is the fatigue thing coming in, right? That I'm seeing tries where I'm just going, fuck, that is, what, how did Storm let that in? Mm. Maybe that is on the back of the new rules. Well, two things I want to hit then is, um, the Storm all game, clearly, um, I don't know if that was the fact that they had a couple of guys missing, but they were just lying on that ball, on the ruck, and we know a few Penrith guys, um, big Penrith fans that are in our lives, um, they were screaming, about it, but it was just so obvious. Like no other team just lies on that ball for an extra second, and they were getting away with um, it. I thought, but they were doing it a lot. They were just gassed. Like that, that Melbourne team were gassed, and it doesn't didn't surprise me that Penrith got over the top of them late. Did surprise me about how um, the nature of the try, but fuck Kurt Catewell for a guy that was, you know. An okay bench player for the Sharks. Let's not get you know over the top. He was an okay player. Like he, he, when he Kirk Cowell came on, yeah, he's solid. He's gone to. I mean, and then again, he had he played state football last year. He looks like one of the better second rows going around at the moment. Just so hungry, isn't he? He's just a big body that just doesn't stop coming at you. 
Yeah, yeah, a little bit, a little bit like Isaiah Yo. I thought it was Isaiah Yo, like Isaiah Ryder, but it's actually spelled I S A A H. You know that terrible spelling, isn't it? Yeah. So those players are just—they just keep coming at you all day. Um, and state football might have been just that. It it happens quite a lot, right? When somebody does play state football, Mm. they then get a bit more confidence in their club game, and Mm. yeah. you, you, you're not worrying. He's good. You, you're not worrying one bit about the the storm, are you? Uh, I am a little bit. I am. Uh, I mean, their draw has been bad. Who have they had? They've had South, who they beat. Uh, Eels. They've lost to who? Eels and Panthers. Panthers. South Eels Panthers. And they should have beaten. They, oh, they could have could have beaten Eels and Panthers, right? So they're one and two. Mm-hmm. Toughest draw going around. Um, yeah, not the Broncos next week, just to get the confidence back up. A great get right spot, isn't it? For the for the for the storm. Um so I actually didn't see a whole lot of um the early Friday game, the pub game. I saw the first half and it was relatively um you know, relatively competitive. Um but are we are we what revising sorry? Sitting for a pub game though. Yeah, it was it was it was a good setting for a pub game at the dog in um, Ramwick. No, but I'm just saying, and the the ground just like oh, win- su- still daylight savings, sunny. Oh, the win- beach stadium. in the background, mm. not too full. It looks good. Now we asked the same question last week: Do we want to revise any of our top eight aspirations? And I'm still not. I'm still, I'm still not crossing Manly off. And I, and you can laugh at me, but when you've got a guy like Tom Trebojevic coming back, you cannot rule them out. Am I like thinking right now they are in major fucking trouble? Absolutely. And it's probably more than anything. It's their for and against, which at the moment is minus 82 after three rounds. And you've got to be thinking, if you don't have Tom Trebojevic next week, Manly are at home, Lotto Land, pub game to the Panthers, who are currently a dollar fifteen. Eagles go 0-4. I'm sure the stats out there about going 0-4. Penrith won a comp when they went 0-3, but I don't think you can go 0-4 and do anything. So next week might be slightly different. What the fuck's going wrong with the Eagles? Apart from Dylan Walker being well, I- at fullback. About this, their attack on Friday was absolutely abysmal. Like they hadn't even trained preseason. Mm. They had, and I don't know, Foran's obviously carrying another injury and being forced to play. Foran was hopeless. They're running sideways, playing sort of like touch footy. It's just, it's really hopeless attack. And Diz has to wear that, um, and DCE probably to a certain extent. I mean. To be honest, the saddest thing is their biggest attacking weapon at the moment, or you know, the one that looks the most dangerous when he has the balls, Taniella Paseka. What? I mean, boys thought he's had a bit of potential, but that your t- club's in a big bit of trouble if he's your best attacking weapon. It's funny because I'm reading a lot of a lot of um, New South Wales state supporters giving it to Jake Tabrovich. And 
saying there's no way he should be anywhere near my stateside this year. I just can't believe I'm hearing that. Like, that's the guy two years ago who'd been my first pick back rower. Um, now, I get it. Sometimes it's a symptom of teams that are going backwards. You, you don't necessarily get the kudos. But if he's playing that bad, do you think he's playing that bad? Uh, uh, again, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of Jake as well. He's not playing to his level. But, I mean, he'd walk into any other probably first grade side. But I'm just... I see. I tend to agree with that. Is it kind of like Frizzell in the Dragons the last couple of years? He he just looked fucking average, um, and now you sit, maybe see him for the Knights in a team that's a little bit more competitive, a little bit more well drilled, and he's starting to just you know get the benefits of being in a better environment, which is not uncommon in our game. No, it's not. Um, now the Rabbitohs have got the wood. Now- before you move on, dragons are they still? You 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 still got a line through them. They haven't. The dragons are a bottom four side. Okay, you haven't erased that line yet. Now that now now the dragons have round one got pumped by the sharks. Okay, round two just got over the top of the cowboys. It merely was in Townsville, so you could do a bit there. And they've beaten the side that have just been flogged three weeks in a row. So yes, I'm surprised that the dragons are two and one. Will the Dragons make the eight? Absolutely not. Will the Dragons be in the bottom four of the comp at the end of the season? Most likely. And now Ben Hunt is out with a broken leg. Um, that means Glory Norman and Adam Clunge are running around. And I would say that is probably a bad thing for Dragons fans because it's going to mean that Glory Norman is going to take over the senior reign. And he's probably going to think he's running the show. And... As you know, when Glory thinks that he's running the show, things are going to go fucking horribly wrong. When Glory is an auxiliary piece and he's just, you know, maybe going on the back of... Because Ben Hunt was playing pretty well. I know. Yep. Bad bad times ahead for the Dragons. Enjoy it while, enjoy it, while it lasts. Um, the Rabbitohs. Where does the saying, I've got the wood over you? What, what is that? How does that saying come about? I've got no idea, but we do have a listener, Ngato McDonald, who loves his sayings and the origins of them. I'm sure he'll he'll let us know during the week. Please do. Where it comes. Please do, Nato. Good morning to you. Um, this bunny side. We liked them pre-season, didn't we? Yeah. I mean, Wayne is just... He's... <laughs> what did they do on Friday? They got off to another huge lead again. How, how early into the game was did Kerry get injured? Uh, we'll see in half. So they were already down 20-0, though, weren't they? Yeah. yeah. I mean, they just totally just dominated. It just ran hard and straight. And that's, to me, the difference between good teams and bad teams at the moment. Just going straight up the cuts, running it hard. Hmm. And now, then he's got team to do it. Bennett has built a team. I mean, they've got Jai Arrow coming off the bench. I mean, that's... Oof. Look, he didn't play well last year, but that, how do you feel that on your salary cap? I don't know. But anyway, they've got... Their forward pack has got everything you need in the modern-day game to run hard and straight and then just build that platform for that indigenous magic off the back of it. You can you, you can be happy about Jai Arrow. I'm actually fucked off about Jai Arrow because he threw in last season... He'd signed at the start of the year, and he said, no, nah, no, nah, 
He signed preset, and this is what's bad about this transfer rule. We we must mention every week he signs before the season for next season, which is just fucking ludicrous. Signs, he's playing for the Rabbitohs, and he's got a whole season in front of him for the Titans. And he um, covered it up by that stupid bloody mullet. Yeah, and then saying, "Oh, it's for um charity or something." He, he was so abysmal last year. Turns up at the Rabbitohs, and now he's playing like he was two to three years ago when you. I think you on this show called him the best back row in the country. Um, I said he was the most, I had the highest potential. Mm. But now, he had for a few weeks there. I mean, it goes up and down. He's, he, on his day, he is a great player. Oh, he's, he's, he's got it in it. At that stage, for playing for a contract to get out of the Gold Coast. Um, mm. They don't need those top players there to rebuild that club. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the Rabbitohs. Do you, do you honestly think that call playing for a contract there's a big difference yeah yeah what, what, what so to bully luke was a famous everyone used to say bully luke oh it's contract you contract you go, yeah. All right. yeah yeah it's, it's a huge thing i mean you've got this thing hanging over your head like fuck if i don't impress this year i'm not getting paid next year now there's no motivator f- um for a rugby league player like yeah. security and looking after his family so so i, I i'm I'm closely looking at someone like Corey Norman, you know. But I mean, if as a coach, they must. I don't know if coaches are doing this full time. Surely they look at it and go, "Hey, I mean, if I was Wayne Bennett, you're going, ah, oh, geez, okay. So I'm buying Jai Arrow, good player. I know what he can do, but geez, what did he do last year? I mean, how am I going to manage that when he gets to his third year of my contract? Well, I'm, if I'm a club, I am. Um, I'm signing as many people as possible into three-year deals, but the third year is a club option. Because I think any anything, unless we're talking tier one, like your Tedesco's, when I'm trying to get as many years as I can, maybe an extra year, fourth year. But giving them a player option, um, I don't like that. You know, I mean, I'm talking from the club's perspective. If I'm a player, I'm on the... Um, I'm on the other side of the coin. Obviously, I'm, I'm always wanting to bet on myself. The Rabbitohs were basically won that game 24-4. Um, sorry, 26-4 because the the Roosters got a couple of late ones that that scoreline flatters them um massively so they are now down Luke Carey Adrian Lamb did an MCL so I was Not chatting funny. to a good Roosters uh good mate he's a Roosters fan and he was saying so basically they'll bring in Drew Hutchison very capable replacement and Sam Walker who we were talking about last week so it's not as though like some of these other clubs who, uh, you know, converting Torhu Harris to six and bringing in, um, you know, Brett Seymour or someone like that. This is a, these are real halves. One is going to be a future superstar of our game. And the other one, Drew Hutchison could happily go around as a starting half in four or five other teams right now. Oh, so about that. <clears throat> two or three. Yeah, maybe two or three. I'll give you that. Um, so let's not write the um, let's not write off the Roosters, knowing that they're also going to get back, and very soon they're going to get back. Radley next week, I believe. Sam Verrills is coming back soon. So the the other thing I was thinking of is, you know, they they Hutchison and you know Sam Walker's obviously he's been touted, but is it something that they go, all right, we're up against it. Play someone like a, a big running 5-8, like a Joseph Manu, 
bringing Joseph Suali. It's into- exactly what I said last week, wasn't it? Really? I said they might bring Joe, Joey Manu will play in the halves this year. Ooh, yeah, but ahead of Kerry and uh, Lamb, I guess Lamb's always that guy. But, but- so I, was, I, I wasn't picking on injuries, but I just mm. saw. I saw again, whoever they played round two. Manu was playing uh, playing Tigers, but Manu was playing on both sides of the field and mm. popping up and being a ball player. Um, and I was almost like, is Trent trying to revolutionise Joey's game a little bit? So anyway, I wouldn't be surprised if that's there. And then that, what would that allow? Is they could play Suwali in the centres. Oh, 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 very interesting. Now I'm going to the Roosters Warriors. Uh, next Sunday, so I'll be there. I'll be able to. Um... Actually, I'm come. Really? My wife wants to go to Sydney for Easter. I'm not really into it, and Mate. I might go up there for work either this week or next week. Anyway, if I'm there, I'm there. It's something to look forward to. Okay, so look, there's a lot of there's a lot of rugby league stuff, but I want to talk about um, your Friday work lunch that you bumped into. Former Eels great and Knights great. No, no, no. He was Eels. So, you know, I'll go through but you've got that totally wrong. Sorry. He's, he is a former Knight and Eel. He's not, didn't he ever play for the Knights? Fuck, I'm getting Sam Stewart and Mark Horro mixed up. He was a former Eel great. My apologies. Yeah. Eels, Western Suburbs, Magpie and Warrior. Daddy Warriors. That's right. 96, 97. Hmm. Okay, so did you know that you were coming across his path? No, no, no. So I'd organised a, like just a work team lunch for my, for my team. And mm. I had to, I got there, I had a meeting earlier. So I got to this restaurant early and I sat there and I got I was there about half an hour just doing some work and mm. another girl came and was sitting next to me. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, look around, they go, I just meet eyes at this bloke. I'm like, Holy hell, that's Mark Horro. And I go, hey, Mark, how you going? And he was like, he's obviously, he flew down from Sydney, he was with his other workmates. Mm-hmm. And he goes, oh, g'day, mate. Look, because the way I said it was like I knew him. <laughs> and, you know, he could sort of, he looked at me and goes, oh, hey, how you, how you going? Hey, hey. And then he was just like, uh, uh, who are you? And I go, oh, I'm uh, Justin's mate. He goes, oh, hey. And he came over and gave me a You did not like, say that. But then I just said, look, I love Kiwi League. So basically... Hang on. Did you really say you're Justin's mate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) And then, uh, basically, then he... So obviously he wasn't really into the people he was uh, Mm. having lunch with. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, mate, that's probably a bit unfair, but they were just wearing sort of these ill-fitting suits and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And he just sort of latched onto me. And so he'd had a chat for about half an hour. Um... I went through sort of to ask him, oh, so where did you start? You know, did you go to the UK? So he actually started in Salford, 88, 89. So he was in the days when he, you know, because he started in, in New Zealand and made the path professional league through the UK first, which mm. very rarely happens these days. It goes the other way around. Mm-hmm. Aussie, then UK. Um, but yeah, just a great chat with him. Um, he really does love Kiwi League like us. Obviously, mm. he's well, I don't, I don't know this, but I should have. He's a selector for both the Kiwis, and he also selects for the uh, the Maldi, New Zealand Maldi team, All Stars. Mm. But 
yeah, uh, such a nice guy. Like, I just want to know all about him, but he was just wanted to know all about me. Um, he's now a uh, a salesman of cleaning products. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't seem to be that keen in, into it, but um, oh, and he did say his his youngest son's getting into tunnels. So oh, yeah. I've got his number, so I'll, I might, you know, when I get tanked one night and name my Kiwis team, I might send that to him. But um. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, brilliant. Now, but but re hurry and for all the fans out there that love the International League and their Kiwi League, I'll just say I had a really deep conversation about the Kiwi jersey and what's happening with all this eligibility stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, look, I came out of it really positive. Good. He's basically got our attitude about it. I feel he's got yeah. our attitude about it. He, I, I said, you know, I said, oh, how do you, how do you know who's eligible and stuff like that? And um, he's just like, God, yeah, we ring them up. Uh, oh no, he also they said they have to put their uh, when they register. Obviously, and I remember this when we registered. You have to put your international eligibility. Mm-hmm. Um, but he he, re- he also had the phone call, so he does it where he doesn't. We're a lot different. He admitted this. He goes, we don't put the pressure on like New South Wales, Queensland, right? We mm-hmm. ring them up and tell them you know you're eligible and you, for New Zealand, and we know that you're also eligible for Australia and Origin, and we know they're going to come over you. But we're there for you when your heart tells you you want to represent your whanau and we're the white V. So it's just, to me, that was was brilliant. It was exactly what we wanted in our game, and we did. I did the analogy, and he agreed with it, that I'd rather lose 40-0 to Aussie with, with blokes wearing that white V just absolutely passionate for it, putting their body on the line, then losing by 10 with a bunch of Luke Cavells, you know, and he agreed. Yep. Um, and and, and the Jerome, most interesting... Jerome is, lost. Jerome is not lost. That's that's what I was going to get to. Luai. So Jerome Luai, explain what he was saying about Jerome. So he, he said that although he got played for New South Wales, or he got picked in the New South Wales squad last year, he mm. didn't get picked, didn't play... And just uh, so Mark has been calling up Jerome and his old man, mm. and they are still very keen. Um, but he's he did say he's a confused young boy, you know. Um, mm. he Jerome did ring up Mark and go, Hey, oh, when they first brought him into you know, they had that emerging origin camp or whatever, mm. rang up Mark and goes, Oh, I really love it, I really like the New South Wales boys and stuff like that. So Jerome, look, to be honest, I think Jerome annoys you more than me. Jerome doesn't, because I honestly believe, and you'll probably laugh at me, but even if he was eligible tomorrow and we had to pick our best team, I don't think he'd start. You're a fucking idiot. He is, he is that, he is our best, he's our best half. No, Sean Johnson is. Sean Johnson's injured. Jerome Luai has overtaken Sean Johnson. Our best team all fully fit. Yeah, he's there. He's our starting half. I would have Johnson. I'd no, yeah, I would have Johnson and Jerome. Jerome's playing six. Okay, maybe Dylan Brown. You're clutching. Dylan Brown. Okay. Dylan Brown's an I, amazing player, an amazing young player to, too. It has to be in it. Pardon? His heart has to be in it, and he can play. Oh, I'm fine with it. If he's not there, he's not there. I'm telling you, he's going to be playing for New South Wales because Luke Carey's now injured. Unless Jack Whiten plays six. But do they go with the Cleary 
Luai combination if the Panthers are that good. Let's not talk about state football. Um, I had a great conversation because Friday pub game, drinking with a couple of mates, and then uh, another guy comes over, loves his league, getting straight into me off the get go because I was I was having a go about the short kickoff. I see guy go, Jesus, the Panthers are a bit lucky on Friday, and he's like, "Fuck off!" Do you? He actually said, "Do you know your league?" That's what he said to me. I was like, "Oh, I don't mind this guy." So anyway, he was going on about that <laughs> short. He wasn't a mate of Mickey's or a, a second-hand mate. Yeah, no, he was, he was a mate of Mickey's. Okay. Um, and anyway, so I started talking Lee to him and got down to the fact that he lived with a, and I'm not going to name him. Um, he's lived with, he's very good friends with an NRL player, current knight. And, um, and I was talking, <laughs> talking about Mitchell Pierce. And his 300th game this week. And he's like, oh, he love Piercy. Great guy. Heart of gold. I'm like, oh, do you know him? He's like, yeah. I go, well, give us a good story because we're going to talk about his 300th. So he lived with Mitchell Pierce. No, he lived with a current knight. And Mitchell Pierce is quite close with him. So he used to come over Why a lot. Can't you- I don't want to name names because once you hear the story, you just say, let's just leave it. But you've just told us Mitchell Pierce. Yeah, like, let me go. I'm just not naming the current knight that this guy lives with because then he'll know where the story came if he ever hears the show. See, I see. Okay. Got me? All right. So he's like, Mitchell Pierce, he goes, he's just got, he's just so vacant, he said. He's just got fucking, he's just an airhead, but a great guy. So rings up. One day and goes, can I borrow your razor? And like your electric razor. And he's like, yeah, right. And then he comes, comes around about two weeks later. And this guy is, is got a, a young lady around that he met the night before and he's in bed with her. The guy that you're talking to at the pub. Yeah. So he's in bed with her, um, going through, going through the motions. Pierce lets himself in. And he's just standing in his room with his top off, just standing there, big smile on his face. He's like, mate, can I get that razor off you? Just standing there. And so he stops mid-job and then just starts yarning to Pierce. Pierce, he goes, just charming the pants off this lady. She's like, is it Mitchell Pierce? Pierce standing there with big cheeser on his face, no top on. Can I, can I have this razor? Can I have the razor? Anyway, so he gives him the razor. About two months later, He's like texting Mitchell Pierce and he's like, mate, can I get that razor off you? And he's like, yeah, yeah, cool. I'll be around. We'll go for a coffee. I'll pick you up. So Pierce comes. What? was in the bed. Pardon? Who's texting Mitchell Pierce? The guy in the bed. Yeah. Because they like through their flatmate, you know, they see each other a lot. So he's, he's, I'm not going to say mates, but he knows them well, you know? And he's got his razor, so he needs his razor back. So, so he comes around, they go for a coffee, and he's sitting, he's sitting in the back of his car, and, oh no, in his front seat of his car, sorry. And he turns around, and he's like, fuck man, like, M- Mitch, like, what the hell's all this cash doing here? And he's like, what do you mean? It's like, 
in the back of his car, there was three oversized checks for Man of the Match games. Like, you know those oversized checks? Oh, yeah, three of those oversized checks that you get for getting man of the match, three of them, yeah, yeah. and then like twenty or thirty fifty dollar notes just scattered around the back of the car. And he's like, "What the fuck? Um, what? Do you, what? Are, no, not those checks." He goes, "Oh, what do you mean those checks? Those man of the match checks?" He's like, "No, the cash." And he's like, "What cash?" And he turns around. And he goes, "Oh, fuck! Oh, well, I didn't know that was there. You could have stolen that." There's like probably a thousand bucks worth of fifties just floating around in the back seat. Okay. Oh, you don't think that's humorous? <laughs> it's outrageous. I mean, I find the oversized cheeks funnier. <laughs> oh, fuck! It's both great. Give me a bit more. Fucking hell! What? What the hell is this guy? Oh, my God. There's a lot to unpack about the story, but, I mean, you do get the measure. You do get a little bit under the skin. I'm, I'm happy that I know a bit more about Mitchell Pierce now. It makes me like him more. What's the electric razor got to do with it? Uh, I don't think we'll even know. That's, I don't think we'll even know. All right. I mean, Jesus. I just don't know about that. <laughs> you fucking soul. Mate, when you tell a league story like that, I'll be at the other end giving you good feedback. You've just said stone cold, left yeah, me hanging. I like the story, but it's just interesting the way the guy said it to you about the electric razor and almost... he I mean, Did he... Did... Did the guy that told you the story have to say that he was on the job? It's like, almost like, oh, I have sex. You know I have sex? Nah. That no. The story. No, I'm... I'm jump in at one stage no of course you do because when you're telling a story you need to tell the highs and lows of the story and that was a peak that was a peak of the early story anyway a very interesting story that he also told me because we're talking about the Nicaremas and he's like oh yeah because we're talking about how Nicarima was also there when Mitchell Pierce did the um did the dog and I was like fuck uh, what happened to Nicarima yeah 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 which one Jaden I was like, what happened to Jaden Nicarima? And he was like, oh, that drug thing. And he's like, yeah, well, you know, that was, that happened after, um, when he was coming back for Wyong. And, um, cause he's, cause he had two strikes and he goes that, so you know, you have two first strike, you don't know about it. Then the club let you know about it. <clears throat> he goes at the time he was on the Roosters books for like 350 grand a year. And they were looking, the Roosters were looking ahead to next year. They wanted to clear some cap to sign Kronk. So they said, once the Roosters knew that he was on two strikes, they, and, and, and he goes, he was fucking loose. They go, the Roosters organized a drug test the morning after the Wyong grand final, where Nicarima ran around two tries, like got man of the match. And they turned up at his house for a drug test. And obviously, he'd fucking gone loose the night before. And three strikes, you're gone. Clear the cap. Sign Cronk. It was an inside job. Well, but there's also that story about that. that Didn't he try and get his mate to give him the piss yeah. sample? Yeah. So he got fucked for that too. Then he went up to Brisbane. Apparently, like, okay, cool. Go back to the Broncos where it all started. Got done drink driving like three times. They kicked him out. 
got a trial back at the Warriors this year. So pre-season, you'll remember he was with the Warriors. I was quite excited. Did his shoulder. Um, it was just a trial and train, so uh, pretty unlucky. And um, and that's the that's the story of Jaden Nicarima. I still feel like he'll turn up somewhere. Maybe the expansion yeah, team, Redcliffe. I mean, Cody seems to be fairly level-headed, doesn't he? Yeah, but this guy's loose, apparently. He's a bigger, he's a bigger, he's taller than Cody from what I've seen of him. I just remember watching the grand final 2014 Souths v the Dogs. 2014? Yep. And the pre-game was Broncos Warriors. And the Warriors were up 30 at half time. It was 32 degrees. And the Nicaremas, fuck me. That was, that was just incredible um, display of skill. What it they did that second We ended up winning by two. Um, all right. So quite a few things I want to hit quickly. Trent Barrett um, is now at the Dogs for three. He's been at the Dogs for three games. They are that the. Let me let me just try and get my words out. So round one. These are the points scored. This is the attacking genius behind the. Um, Behind the Panthers. So they got 16, lost 32 16 to the Knights in round one. Round two, they lose 28 0. And round, th- uh, that's to the Panthers. And round three, they lose 24 0 to the Broncos. Trent Barrett. Now this guy is out here pleading, oh, give me time and stuff. He had a whole fucking preseason. I love this when coaches come out and say, give me time. He had a fucking preseason. Like, they're gelling. Yes, some of the players aren't that good. He's got an average roster. But a good attacking coach gets the best out of an average roster, doesn't he? Trent Barrett is is and always has been an awful coach. And the dog's rushing to sign him early, before all that coaching. You know, there's all those coaches, dominoes that needed to fall at the end of last year with your Todd Paytons and all that kind of stuff. Jeez, the dogs have fucked this up yet again, haven't they? But... Essentially, look again. I didn't watch last night's game again. The five thirty stat they're tough to watch. Um, yeah, they've got some poor cattle there. Flanagan dropped that ball. Uh look, I'm going to give Barrett. I mean, you can't just, you can't just give. I, I know you say about, but you just can't give any coach the Bulldogs team and the Bulldogs back office and everything. And expect them to. Nah, work, fuck work, off. Nah, Dean Pay had them turning up each week. I wouldn't have sacked Dean Pay. Now, I agree with you. I agree with you. But now, I mean, they've made their bed now. They lie on it. It's not fair on Barrett. But yeah, so not. I, I, I think you're being too harsh on Barrett. But yeah, the Bulldogs board it fucked up. And luckily, they've got a they've got a get right game next week. Don't worry, they should be fine. They've got the Thursday night game against the Rabbitohs. <laughs> Oh, they're going to get fucking eaten. Um, so this injury toll of this week is just fucking, I've never seen anything like it. Now it could be, we could look back in five weeks and go, okay, it's a little bit of an anomaly, but something's telling me this fatigue and these new rules are leading to more injuries. It's, it's relatively obvious if you ask me. Um, yeah, people can go, oh, it's just, you know, this happens from time to time. I have never seen two clubs in one day play a game 
without a bench. You had the Raiders and then the Sharks, literally within a couple of hours. Now, usually that might happen once a year. It happened once in an afternoon. Could be a coincidence. I just think it's it points to two things. If you're going to bring in new rules to create fatigue, you need to potentially look at the number of people on the bench. Or if that's too much for stretch, because I guess that's, you know, not really leading to taking advantage of the fatigue, is for an HIA, do you have a reserve when it gets down to, you know, not having anyone else spare? Or can, can you replace someone with a concussion? What do you think? So first thing I'd say is, uh, Rehari, you're the king of hot takes this year. This is not a fucking hot take. It's a, I've waited three weeks to say it. No, but I mean, to be honest, rounds one and rounds two, our injury levels were, I, I was thinking, I don't know if I mentioned on the show, but our injury rates were actually quite low, I thought. I was thinking, ah, oh, because I, I hate, I hate injuries, but they were quite low. And then I'm thinking, yes, we've been, had a horrific run of injuries round three, but this happens every year we say it. Every year we say, oh, so many injuries. Oh, the game's too fast. Yada, yada, yada. People are too big and strong. It could be right. I'm not saying there is not a relation, a correlation between the new rules and injuries, but I'm going to wait a bit longer. Now, your next opinion about HIA, with, you know, with every there's an uh, equal and opposite reaction. Agree. Mm. Whether it's injuries, I'm still jury out. But mm. and I'm, oh, look, I I believe with the new HIA, there's no doubt in the last three to four years the HIA thing has become more set like it's being accepted more and to be honest like there was some HIAs that are happening now that two years ago they they would have let them play on like I don't know people will say they haven't changed the testing or something I don't know but I think the players are almost going now I'm not right to what, go what about the if, fucking... now you'd have to you'd have to for me if you're bringing in this HIA replacement you can't put the um, the decision of an HIA into the clubs because they'll milk it. You might have to have like an independent doctor that's on the sideline that comes on and says, yes, he is an HIA. He needs an HIA, not the trainer or not the coach or whatever. Hey, they already have that. Okay. Well, that's great. Yeah. So, but I guess what I'm getting to here, Harry, is that what I, I was thinking you're saying have one. So basically they're effectively, they're not a, the the, thir- the fourteen to seventeen are called interchange. No, you have your eighteenth man. Your eighteenth man's just sitting there. He's ready to go though. You're in it's only one or eighteenth, nineteenth. Yeah, the eighteenth and nineteenth, which you have every week anyway, because they're doing the warm ups. They are there, and um, because you know, three years ago the NRL made people name an extra eighteenth, nineteenth man, so in case so you couldn't fuck around with your squads. Okay, so that's my question, because what I was worried about is, so are you saying there's two players and they don't send them back to Mounties, for instance? Nah, they might play, they might have played the day before if they want to risk it, but they are there on game day in case there's an injury and warm-up or what have you. Um, And yeah, you see them like holding the pads and then you always, when they go to the changing rooms, they're like, um, you know, stripping down and getting to their number ones. Yeah, okay. So I guess that, because my concern was, and it and it's tied up with this whole expansion thing, is that we just don't have the amount of players. Oh, they're naming um, them each week anyway. But, there's, there's no issue. Yeah, no issue. Yeah. 
Any All right. Wants. It's like the old days where you played reserve grade and then sat on the like the the do gooders won't let that happen anymore, will they? Nah. No way. Um okay. Let's get on to a Saturday three o'clock game can go two ways, can't it? It can take your weekend to places that you didn't think it could go, or it can just be basically saying, Get me to Monday, I want this weekend to be over if you have a bad one. Yesterday was one of the great games of rugby league we've seen for a long time. Thirty four thirty one Warriors. Now when you're saying great game Entertaining. Like the quality of league and intensity wasn't up there with say Storm Panthers no. or No, it was entertaining. Yeah. Highly entertaining. we're in the entertainment business. If you like roller coasters. And the crazy thing was that in the final play of the game, David Fussitua inexplicably rushes off his wing. Rapana going into the corner. And just like what we talked about with Kikau getting off the floor and making the match-saving play on Thursday, that play from Roger backs up everything I was saying about him in the preseason, about the year that he's going to have, and my confidence that the Warriors are going to have a good year. That that just an incredible play that a handful of players make in the NRL, if that. I mean, yes... In this whole discussion, I'm probably going to be a bit negative about this, but why the fuck did Roger have to do that, right? All we needed to do was defend one set. Now, I have looked at Fussy Tua closely. I think he did actually need to come in. But then the question is, why did he need to come in? Why were we outnumbered on that side? Yeah, I don't know. League. It's just... League. I mean, I could have... I saw in my mind, I saw that... We were going to lose, like, ah, oh, but Roger, phenomenal, like, to get across. I love the guy. He is the second best fullback in our game. Hmm. There is that bit of sweetness about him leaving, but we just got to enjoy it. He's going to have a hell of a season. Now, at 25 to 6, I actually tweeted on legal counsel saying, we win this 32-31. And I was pretty confident that we'd come over the top. Yes, you know, some of it was bravado, but I knew that they had no bench. And on our Kiwi League forum, you just said, we've got no hope. And there was a a real era of calm that we were like, no, no, we should get this. Now, when the Raiders went 31-10, there was like, oh, okay, got to go, got to go and score another three. Actually, no, four tries, 31-10, don't you? 21, yeah. Um. But the Warriors, they've actually done okay at Bruce Stadium recently. That try to Murdoch Masilla was... And then this taking off my rose colour, it was line ball. The the fact that Ricky Stewart's blowing up after that is a fucking embarrassment. It's an indictment on him as a coach. Hold on, Rehurry. Just back up the truck a bit. I haven't watched the replay yet, but far out. And I'm going to go and watch it. But gee whiz, first... Look, just the pub test was that was a mile for. I've seen it a few times, and I've had multiple um, white Anglo-Saxon Australians say it was line ball or was fine in their eyes. Wind up, Raiders fans. Look, I'm going to go back. I mean, one thing I'll give Piranara was right there. Exactly. So he's got the best view of it. One thing I do want to say is, I have an apology to make to you on that on that Kiwi League form because. You know that's how I deal with, like, I think you know that's how I deal with um, 
it's just how I deal with shit like that. Just think of worst case scenario because then if something happens, I'll sort of be, I don't know. It's, you know, you just don't want your heart to get broken. You don't put yourself out there. Well, fuck that. I, I live and die by every set of six. And, but, yeah, but I mean, I was, I, I haven't been that angry after a first half for a long time. They that played was, awesome. Some of those, look, rehurry, that rate, I, I, as soon as that game started, we scored that first try. I'm like, we win this if we want to. Mm. And then, fuck, that last 30 minutes, that first half, I have been a long time since I've been so disappointed in the Warriors. Some mm. of those tries we let in were not even, they're not top eight team tries. Fuck, I was so wild at halftime about, it looked like we'd thrown it away. And we made it hard for ourselves. Yeah, I know. But fuck, this is just a team that's growing and it's getting to know itself. There's a lot of new pieces in there and they're just coming together. I was just about, before before you wax lyrical, I was just about to make an apology. I When we signed Ben Murdoch Masilla, I had a fucking massive go at you and you were excited about the signing. I have to say, I'm sorry. This guy is a fucking wrecking ball and if he is coming on late in the game like what he did for the Tongan national side he is unstoppable and pairing him with Cody Nikarima fuck me like they are going to do a lot of damage and the fact that you can just control his minutes the end of the first half he came on at the end of the first half and almost scored he'd almost scored earlier in the lead up to the Roger try and then he did score himself he is an X factor that not many teams have. Agree, and uh, I'm glad you've you've got on that that horse and said that. But the other one is Cody is an enigma. Oh, he's in design. And but like, if he, you could see it last, and we've been saying it for years. But he's just something. He needs a psychologist or something. He's so good, but he doesn't know it. Mm. And he's just, this has happened for years. Um, but when he wants to play footy, and, and to be honest, the new rules are helping players like him, right? And yep. to be fair, Harry, those are the sort of players that I think everyone likes to see. He's tiny. He runs fast. Like, isn't that what our game is about a bit in the last few minutes? Yeah. I, I think he's, certain amount of it is he's maturing and... Um... Yeah, he's playing good footy. The, the that was just a it's just a, it was a great performance from the Raiders to do what they did. It's a real shame. I think I was saying we were saying earlier is this the year that Tapane goes to that finally cracks that level? I feel like he's been on the precipice so many times. If the, I don't know how serious this injury is, but he is cursed. Raiders fans will know this more than more than us, but I feel like he every time he's on the precipice of something, he gets injured. So I just hope that that injury's um, minor. He did say it was, but tremendous game of rugby league. I, I'm probably going to have to watch it again today. Um, uh, can, I, can I say, Rehari, am I right? And look, I, I was so stoked at the roller coaster emotions yesterday. We got the, at the end of the day, the two points is all that matters. Mm. But I am being a little bit, and you this is thing, fuck it, Jack's been critical of his team. But I'm being critical because I think we can go a long way this year. And mm. if we do stupid shit, we're going to throw opportunities like we've got with this team don't happen often. It's, we know this as being a Warriors fan. And 
it's like when you it's almost we've got like a little this isn't a huge window right i don't think this is one of these raiders or roosters windows mm. for our team this could well, we know it it's going to be a very small window because of the roger factor mm. so i do get i'm getting if we throw away in opportunities that's why i'm gonna get wild this year yeah now hurry am i okay to be quite critical of fusatua and Malmalo? not Malmalo, but fusatua i have been a bit uh Fussy Tua has had two average seasons in a row so far. You know, he had a half a season last year, obviously. This season, he's not doing it for me. He is not the same player. Yeah, agreed. Mal Malo has been exceptional. And the other one we just need to... And Nathan's got to just take the fucking kickoffs off Pompey. Oh, God, yeah. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's, let's move on. We've got to wind up. So I want to wind up with back to Mitchell Pierce, legend of our game. One of the great club players of the last decade. Now, you go to his Wikipedia page, and his first paragraph is background. Who the fuck wrote this Wikipedia um, page? He played his junior football for the Asquith Magpies and North Ride Hawks. Pierce attended and played rugby union for Barker College before transferring to Marist Catholic College North Shore for his senior years, where he played league alongside his friend Kieran Foran. Pierce would later be signed by Sydney Roosters. In December 2005, Pierce, who was 16 years old, was at a charity golf function in Queensland's Sunshine Coast when he was attacked by a drunken Craig Gower, the Penrith Panthers captain. Gower allegedly chased Pearson around the resort with a glass bottle before vomiting on him. Gower was also accused of manhandling and groping Pierce's older sister, Tatum Press. What? <laughs> Why is that on Pierce's Wikipedia page? It's says all Craig Gower's Wikipedia. <laughs> Unbelievable. So, made his debut in 20- 2007. 14 years ago. It's a 17-year-old Jack. And so did Foz. So did Foz. Nah, no. He was made a stable in 2009. Know your league. Nah, he made his debut in 2008. 2009. Really? Um, so... They're, ra- they're good mates, aren't they? Yes, they are. So, 2007, he makes his debut, which is... That's incredible for a half. Now, 2008... Is an 18-year-old. Sorry, he started when he just turned 19. He played for the Blues. Pierce later said in hindsight, I wish I never played that early when I was 19 to 22. I wasn't ready to play. As a halfback at Origin in 19, it was way too early. I probably developed some bad doubts from that period in those first few games. It's a daunting thing. I have to say that Pierce, again, I, I think he's a tremendous club player that doesn't have that extra level of being vocal for for a long time in the past about him getting to state footy. He's an awesome club player. But I definitely think that putting him into the state football um, arena cauldron uh, fucked the, maybe the, the level that he could have gone to. And I think he could have been a better player if he just came along a little bit slower playmaker wise. Fuck, we put pressure on our playmakers, don't we, in our game as an early, as an early one? Like you're always saying, is he the next Joey? Is he the next Alfie? Is he the next Kevin Walters? Whatever. Like just think about what we're talking about Luke Brooks last week. How's Luke Brooks going to go to, like, 
does he hear all this media attention about him? Um, I think he, I think he does. I think he's got and, and a point to prove for sure. Um, Pierce has had a number of controversies, obviously, but I think that that period from, um, 2010 to 2014, 2015 with the Roosters. He was just an incredible club player. They were a very good Roosters side. He won a comp in 2013. Um, I mean, he was probably the, he was close to the best player in that grand final with Sonny. Cherry got the, um, got the Churchill, which is strange. What do you think when you think of, um, Mitchell Pierce? I think of coming off the back of a big Roosters pack. And just, you know, running direct, short balls or dummy going himself, scoring tries. Very excitable player. Um, a great servant of our game. 300. I'm looking forward to seeing him get 300 today. Yeah, I think I always think of his kicking game too. His mm. long kicking game. Mm. I I think is one of the better ones. His short kicking game has probably left a lot to be designed in the big games. Yeah, and just a guy, I think he, interestingly, one thing that, gets me about Mitch Pierce is he's obviously a bit of a loose unit on the um on the heen juice mm. whereas Soul Man was just um teetotaler touch it so it was quite maybe and oh this is getting into the psychology but maybe because his old man didn't couldn't show him how to handle his booze mm. giving him a few issues with it do you know what I mean I totally agree um okay so so back by popular demand is our Sunday tipping. This is what we're going to finish the show on. Knights, Tigers, 300th game for Mitch. Knights. Knight. Easy. Cowboys at home to the Titans. 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 Knights, Titans. There you go, guys. Um, we'll make uh, that public. Go do it. Tigers, Cowboys. Tigers Cowboys looks like the goods. All right, so big show. Lots to look forward to next week. We will catch you same time, same place. You've got to love your league. I love your league. If Lee leaves me now, it takes away the biggest part of me. Ooh, no, man, please don't go. And if Lee leaves me now, it takes away the biggest part of me. you to play